What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I'm Movie Mike on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Destro. That's D-E-E-S-T-R-O. And today I am talking about A-list actors who have never won an Oscar because I was deeply offended by some Oscar snubs. And it led me to this wormhole to look at all these actors who have been nominated for the most Academy Awards and have had zero wins. I'm also doing a double movie review because I'm trying to cross off my list of all the Best Picture nominees. So this week I will be reviewing Parasite and 1917. I will also give my predictions for the 2020 Academy Awards. They all came out last week, so I've had some time to sit with them, and I have undeniably picked my list of who will win at the Academy Awards, and I'm usually pretty solid on these picks, so stick around for that. Also, before I get started, I just want to say that I've had the chance in like the last week and a half or so to meet some listeners. Of course, the Bobby Bone Show, which everybody would know me from, but also just people coming up to me and saying that they've been enjoying the podcast and talking to me to about like some of their favorite episodes. And that really just means a lot to me. So thanks to everyone who's given me some kind words of saying that you're enjoying the podcast. And also just everybody who keeps tagging me in your Instagram story, posting that you're listening to the episodes. And also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, while you're there, just go rate and subscribe this thing. Give it five stars because it helps me as a new podcast to kind of bump myself up in the ratings and get people who maybe don't know me from my other show um, to kind of check this podcast out. So that means a lot to me too. If you're listening on iHeartRadio, just hit the follow button so you get new episodes every single Monday. But again, thanks so much for listening. Let's get right into this week's episode. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. So today I want to talk about A-list actors who have never won an Oscar. 
And this came about because, you know, every year there's some snubs, but there was two this year that felt really close to me that just because they were movies that I really resonated with this year and performances I thought at least deserved a nomination, maybe weren't going to win for Best Actor, maybe not going to win for Best Supporting Actor, but I think they at least deserve some kind of recognition. And I just kind of got into this whole wormhole of people who have won and not won and nominated so many times. But the two people this year who I thought at least deserved a nomination were Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems and Shia LaBeouf, who could have had arguably two nominations for two different movies with Honey Boy and Peanut Butter Falcon. Got zero. Both of those people, those movies all around got snubbed. There was so much talent in Honey Boy with Shia LaBeouf. The supporting cast, the director, Alma Harrell, could have easily got a Best Director nomination. The movie got shut out, nothing. So I was upset about that. And I know every year there's some snubs, and I know they're very like hoity-toity with who they pick to be nominated, which the movies, they, they pick movies that are, they're supposed to be novels. Either usually like stories about real people and real depictions of like real events that really resonate with um, Oscar nominations, or they're just totally novel stories that have never been done before. And I thought those two really deserved a nod at least, which both of those actors have never been nominated ever. So zero nominations, zero wins. And this could have been a really big year for Adam Sandler just to get that nomination, just to have that on his record of like, okay, I at least got a nomination. I got a nod. Solidifies me as an actor because I'm already a huge A-list actor, have made tons of money at the box office, but he got nothing. I was upset about that. I thought Shia LaBeouf deserved a nod and nothing. That movie just got shut out. So I kind of went into this whole wormhole of people who have just never won an Oscar. They've either been nominated a bunch of times or certain performances just got shut out. So I want to start first with Joaquin Phoenix, who has four nominations and zero wins. But this year, he's up for Best Actor for Joker. Previous nominations include Walk the Line 2005 for Best Actor, The Master in 2012, and he was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Gladiator in 2000. Which, Joaquin Phoenix, arguably one of the greatest actors of our lifetime. And there was just so many great things he was in that I, he's one of my favorite actors. Um, Her is one of my favorite movies of the last of the last decade. I thought he deserved a nomination for that. Got nothing. And there's just like, he's just like a a great. He's not really a method actor, but he puts so much of himself into his roles that I can't believe he hasn't won an Oscar up to this point. I think that's a big one on there. And I'll get into my predictions of who's going to win this year later. So I won't reveal if I think he'll win this year. Or how much Joker will win, but I'll get into that a little later. I'm just it's just crazy to see that he hasn't won anything. Um in two thousand five he lost to Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, who won for Capote. And then he lost to Daniel Day Lewis in twenty twelve, who did Abraham Lincoln at that point, which is a pretty hard person to go up against because uh, unlike Joaquin Phoenix, he is a method actor and he goes like totally crazy into roles. So pretty much being up against Daniel Day-Lewis in any category, yeah, you're probably going to lose. Next up on my list is Will Smith, who is crushing it at the box office now with Bad Boys. He's been nominated before. He has two Oscar nominations. He was nominated for Ali and The Pursuit of Happiness, both really great movies. The Pursuit of Happiness, if you need a movie to make you cry and also feel inspired by, go see that. And he is great in that. I've talked about Will Smith a bit before, how he used to be an actor that you would put into a movie and it would be a guaranteed box office hit. Not so much that now, but I think with his work, he at least deserves like an Oscar. Like he is an Oscar worthy actor uh, just for those two movies. Um, in 2002, he lost to Denzel Washington for Training Day. 
which that was a big movie for Denzel. And then in 2007, for The Pursuit of Happiness, he lost to Forrest Whitaker. But hasn't really been nominated since. I don't know if Will Smith will get back into even that category again. Like, I like he's kind of doing... I mean, he's doing more like just action roles now. I like what he's doing with Bad Boys, bringing that back. They said they're going to do a Bad Boys 4 now. So I don't think he's really chasing it anymore. I think maybe a few years down the line where he's kind of like, okay, what kind of legacy am I going to be leaving behind? I think he'll eventually jump to like like an Oscar paid movie. I think I think that's what he has maybe in the next five years in him. At number three on my list, I have Brad Pitt, who has had four nominations and zero wins. Um, he's been nominated for The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, 2008, Moneyball, 2011, and then he has Best Supporting um, Actor nominations for 12 Monkeys in 95, and this year he's up for Best Supporting Actor for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I guess an asterisk on this one because he does have an Oscar, but as a producer. If you remember uh, 12 Years a Slave back in 2014, he was a producer on that, which he ended up winning, but he splits that with like all the other producers, which is like, I don't know, six or seven people. So he has an Oscar at his house, but it's not for acting. And Brad Pitt, another one of the just hugest A-list actors, not just of our lifetime, but probably of all time. And for him to not to have one sitting up on his shelf that says best actor, I bet that gets at him a little bit. Up next on my list, I have Bradley Cooper, who has four nominations, zero wins. He's been nominated for a Silver Linings Playbook in 2012, American Sniper in 2014, great movie. Um, and last year, A Star is Born. He also has a Best Supporting Actor nomination for American Hustle. Which, looking at this just this category of work, aside from all the other movies he's been in, like these alone are really great movies. I think A Star is Born was a little overhyped. I, I, I love the movie. I love the way it was done. I don't think he deserved to win last year. I think if any of these movies, you put them up head to head, I think his performance in American Sniper was great. Like, he was so good in that, and such a really hard role to do when you're playing a real person. There's a little more pressure to do it right. I thought he nailed that performance. I thought, overall, out of all these movies, that was probably his best chance to win. Silver Linings Playbook was a good movie, but I think looking back on it, maybe a bit overhyped. Up next on my list, I got Johnny Depp, who has three nominations and zero wins, which I was actually called out by this from a listener who said I was a Johnny Depp hater. Which I like some. I I like Johnny Depp's like more serious stuff. I don't like his Tim Burton stuff, but I like his older stuff, like when he was doing like movies like Blow, one of my favorite movies of his. But crazily enough, he was nominated for Best Actor for Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl, Finding Neverland, and Sweeney Todd. I think it's just the fact that he's been around so long. He's been around since the '80s. I think the first thing I ever saw him in was like Nightmare on Elm Street when he gets killed in that movie. Looking at this body of work. Judging what he's been nominated for, none of these are really strong. I don't even think these are movies you go back and tell people to go watch. So Johnny Depp, not as surprising. Now again, not being a Johnny Depp hater, I just think overall he doesn't really have any critically acclaimed roles. So that one, not as surprising to me. Just the fact that he's been around so long is more surprising. But when you really look at his work, yeah, he probably doesn't deserve an Oscar. He was also just up against some really tough people. 2004, he lost to Sean Penn. And then in 2005, he lost to Jamie Foxx, who played Ray Charles and Ray. And then again in 2008, he lost to Daniel Day-Lewis for um, him and There Will Be Blood. So again, you go up against Daniel Day-Lewis, you're probably going to lose. This next one on my list is also just surprising to me that he's only been nominated once. And it's Jake Gyllenhaal, who was only nominated ever for Best Supporting Actor for Brokeback Mountain in 2005. And he lost to George Clooney. 
a movie that I just love Jake Gyllenhaal in that it got some Golden Globe nominations, which he hasn't even won a Golden Globe, which is also crazy to me. That's kind of a lot easier to win. But he was in a movie in 2015 called Nightcrawler, where he plays like this really creepy dude who starts um, like filming accidents and selling them to the news. So he's going out and just kind of he gets like a police scanner and he's just fishing around for like crazy bloody accidents in Los Angeles. And then he goes and films that footage and then sells it to the news. And the way he's able to get his stuff used so much is because he kind of starts overlooking this boundary of like, okay, here's the police line. I'm going to cross the police line and go in deep and get like these really gruesome images. And he ends up taking it to a really far extreme, which was a great movie. And not only does he just do a really great job in, but like he looks hardcore and he really went at that role. I'm surprised he didn't get nominated for that. But along the same lines of Jay Gyllenhaal is Robert Downey Jr., who's been nominated twice but has never won a single Oscar. He was nominated for Chaplin in 1993. And weirdly enough, he was nominated for Tropic Thunder in 2009, which I saw an interview recently with Robert Downey Jr. and Joe Rogan, and he asked him if he could do Tropic Thunder now in 2020. And he's like, yeah, probably not. But in 93, he lost to Al Pacino, and then in 2009, he lost to Heath Ledger from The Dark Knight, which, yes, going up against that one, you're probably not going to win. But the interesting thing about Robert Downey Jr. is I think his work... In the Avengers movies, and Iron Man should deserve at least a nomination. Now, Avengers was the biggest movie of last year at the box office. I think if you want people to watch the Oscars, why not nominate Robert Downey Jr.? Like, that would get a lot more people to tune in. Even if you're probably not going to give it to him, why not throw him a nomination just for how big that movie was, how important that was to the entire franchise, and it pretty much ending the reign of the Avengers. And I feel like there are very few actors who just embody a role. And Robert Downey Jr. is undeniably Iron Man. Not only has nobody played the role of Iron Man before, but I don't think anybody will play him again. Like, that's a hard thing to go up against. Like, even now, like, people who play Joker, they compare him to Heath Ledger. There's been um, a lot of Spider-Mans, and people kind of compare them But no one would want to go against Robert Downey Jr. to play Iron Man. And I think that's really crazy to have in our lifetime to have an actor who just embodies a role. And that that just tells something to how good of an actor he is. And I know that Avengers movies aren't going to be like critically acclaimed in that sense. But I mean, I think he freaking deserves a nomination at some point for playing that role. And also you would just get so many more people to watch. And then finally on my list, I have Amy Adams, who has six nominations and no wins, which ties the record for the most nominations without winning a single award. And I just think Amy Adams is such a strong actress. And anything she's been nominated for before, she you could easily argue that she should have won. And the fact that she hasn't yet is nuts. I think easily the movie I would pick her in of winning an Academy Award would have been Arrival in 2017, which the movie was nominated for eight total. And she got zero. That's horrible. I just think she is such a an underrated actress where you she's in so many things, first of all, and you put Amy Adams in something and she's just great in it. And in everything from like the master to the fighter to arrival, just anything you put her in, she's she's really great in. You can argue anything she's ever been nominated for. Yeah, she deserves a clear chance to win. And I know there may be a couple more who have like seven or eight Oscar nominations and haven't won, but they're not in our lifetime. And I think just in our lifetime, she is arguably the most underrated actress. I think with her, it's just a matter of time. It's just really sad, the fact that she hasn't won one, 
with all these great movies she's been in. Um, but also on the other end, I want to look at the top three actors with the most wins ever. And number three, you got Jack Nicholson, who has a total of 12, eight which are for best actor and four are which for best supporting actor. Then you got Katherine Hepburn, who has 12 for all just best actress nominations and wins. And then with the most Oscar wins ever, the one and only Meryl Streep, who has 21 Oscars, 17 for Best Actress, and 4 for Best Supporting Actress. So, there's a big contrast in between the people who have zero wins and the people who are keep winning year after year. Alright, coming up next, I got a couple Oscar-nominated movie reviews for you. So, if you want to go um, and see some of these before the Oscars on February 9th, you'll have a chance to do that after my recommendations. And then I'll get into my full-blown list of who I think is going to win this year. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. All right, got a double movie review for you this week because I'm trying to watch all of the best picture nominees, which there are nine of them this year. And I think after this week, I only have one left on my list. But if you're trying to watch them as well, I'll kind of give you my recommendations on two this week. I got 1917 and Parasite. So I'll start first with 1917. It's about two British soldiers. They're sent with this mission to deliver a message to another group of soldiers and will potentially save the lives of about 1,600 men by calling off an attack. So it's all from the perspective of these two soldiers, directed by Sam Mendes, starring Dean Charles Chapman and George McKay. Here's a clip of 1917. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. Is he alive? And with your help, I'd like to keep it that way. But they're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you don't, we will lose 1,600 men. Your brother among them. 
So the first thing that got me interested in this movie is I heard it was shot to look like it was done entirely in one shot. And I think they did it really well. I kind of picked up while watching the movie how they did it because there's some scenes where the, the soldiers are walking and it's like full on you see their face. And then it kind of does like a weird, cool camera move where you go to the like the side of them. And then all of a sudden you're behind them. So it's like you're walking behind them. But I'm not big on war movies. They're really not my favorite genre. I don't see a whole lot of them. I see maybe I, I like the more like gritty, like the recent ones like uh, American Sniper, Zero Dark Thirty. I'm into those. But as far as like World War One movies, I never really got into them. But I think this one the way it's shot is a really big part of it because it really makes you feel like you're inside the movie. Like, I, I don't think there's been this great a world like war movie since maybe Saving Private Ryan as far as like the action. Because while it's not overly violent, it's just you feel like you're in it because you go you literally go down into the trenches with the soldiers and it creates just this unique tension of like, oh, like I, I see everything going down, but you only see it from their vantage point. And you're like following along with everything. And not only that, but the characters in this are really young. They're like, I, I don't know if they're essentially teenagers, but you, you just think about how World War One wasn't that long ago. And this was like all their lives. Like they're just so young in this and it's just kind of crazy to think about. But overall, I think it was really well done. I think the cinematography in this was just amazing because um, I went and saw like a behind the scenes of kind of how they did it. And there's a lot of just camera trickery, some really cool editing techniques that they did. Even like things like the lighting in this, like there's a scene where like he's running and there's flares going off, but they had to like time out the flares so perfectly because, of, again, of the way it's shot to make it look like it's all one shot. Everything was just so timed out. There was so much preparation in this movie. It really shows on the big screen. And I think it's a movie that it's still in theaters now. And if there's any of these nominees that you're going to go watch in theaters, I think this is one of them because... Again, that first-person perspective is really important to why I think this movie made such a big impact on people and why people loved it so much. I think this one is worth going to see in theaters for that reason alone. But overall, I give it four out of five gun shells. A really great put-together movie, visually just so pleasing to the eye. So, 1917, four out of five gun shells. And for my second review, I'm talking about Parasite, which is in subtitles. But don't, I'm just going to say this right now. Don't let that stop you from seeing this movie because it kind of stopped me from waiting so long to see it. I'm telling you, it takes nothing away from the movie. It's from director Bong Joon-ho. And here's a clip of Parasite. <laughs> I'm deadly serious. So this was a movie I had zero expectations going into it. I knew it had six nominations total, and I was just like, okay, I'm going to go see this. I'm going to read the subtitles, and I'm going to be lost. Like, another thing about this, it is streaming right now. You can you can only buy it at this moment, but I think in about a week or so, it'll be able to where you can rent it. And I was going to do that, but I kind of decided to go see it in theaters just because I was like, if I'm going to watch something in subtitles, I need to be fully into it and I don't want to be distracted. So I went to the theater and I tell you, within like five minutes, the subtitles, I didn't even notice them anymore. And I think it kind of adds to the movie because unlike other movies where maybe you get like kind of sidetracked between like five minutes and you maybe miss an important line or miss something. With this one, I found myself reading every single line and I took in dialogue like unlike I've taken in dialogue to any other movie. And I thought maybe it would be hard to get like some of the characters, like it would come across differently because you're reading the subtitles. But I'm telling you, I love the characters in this movie. So what the movie is about is this family who is all unemployed in South Korea and they live 
in like this really rundown place. It kind of opens up with like their living situation where they're like stealing their neighbor's Wi-Fi and just finding ways to live on really little money. So one of them gets this tutoring job with this really wealthy family. He ends up doing it by like forging some documents to make it seem like he's a college student. And then he gets hired. And then they all just turn out to be this family of con artists who all find a way to get hired by this family. They get other people fired who are currently working with them. And then they have to make it to where the family never finds out that they're all related, which I just thought that was such a great original concept for a movie. And by about halfway through, it takes a turn that you're really not expecting. I've never been this dialed in. And I thought the movie was going to be scary just from the mo- the name Parasite. But it's not that at all. It's really unique story about like a family and even just kind of turns into a movie about like social class and how you're able to fit in situations and like can poor people hang out with rich people it's just a totally unique movie with some really great twists and turns and even humor which I didn't expect for a movie from South Korea to kind of have humor in it that I was going to get and I easily give this movie 4.5 out of 5 housekeepers it's just really that good mainly when you go into it with zero expectations I think it's a pretty big sleeper pick up there at Best Picture. And again, I'm going to get into my who I think is going to win. Everything from the story to even like the cinematography, just the way it was shot, which pretty much all the the scenes take place in like this rich family's house. Like the house almost becomes a character within itself. There's just so many themes and stuff to dive into with this movie that I just think you got to go see it for yourself. Again, there's a lot of spoilers on this one. So it's a movie I wish I could spoil, but... um. So if you have seen it, hit me in the DMs and we can talk about it. All right, I'm going to get into my Oscar picks next. I'm going to do the big six on the podcast. I will also do like a whole thing on my Instagram. I'm going to put out a big list of like all my other picks. And I also want you guys to kind of hop in on that too. I'm going to make this cool little template to where you can pick out your things too. And we can watch the Oscars together, which come up on February 9th. But for this podcast, I will be doing what I say are the biggest six categories. Starting first at the bottom with the best director. So you have Martin Scorsese with The Irishman, Todd Phillips with Joker, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Sam Mendes with 1917, and Bong Joon-ho with Parasite, which I think I think that movie was really well put together, and he has a big impact on that because he also co-wrote the movie. Uh, Martin Scorsese, oof, that, that movie got shut out of the Golden Globes, and I don't think that's his year. I don't think that's his strongest movie. Todd Phillips... I would like to see him win just because, I mean, he comes from doing comedy. He did The Hangover. He did Road Trip. He was doing stuff like that. And for him to get nominated would be huge for him to win. And then Quentin Tarantino, who's, he's been there before. I really think it's going to Sam Mendes for 1917 just because how well that movie was put together and just how so much pre-production was done on that movie. That movie could not have been done without a great director meticulously planning out every shot and just forming that story and making that work all in one shot, I think he's going to win for Best Director. For Best Supporting Actress, you have Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell, Laura Dern and Marriage Story, who won the Golden Globe, Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh and Little Women, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. Pretty great list of actresses here. Um, Kathy Bates, I think you can X out. Richard Jewell, a uh, decent movie, but I don't think her performance in that was even that prominent, even as a supporting actress. Margot Robbie, I did like her in Bombshell. I think she was the best thing in Bombshell, but I don't think that movie was as strong to win it for her. Florence Pugh in Little Women, I don't think she gets it there. Scarlett Johansson was pretty good in Jojo Rabbit, but again, don't think that's that strong of a movie. 
I think here you have the person who won the Golden Globe, Laura Dern, in Marriage Story. I really liked her character in that. She played the lawyer. And I've liked her in Big Little Lies, and I just think she has it here for Best Supporting Actress. Moving on to Best Supporting Actor, you got Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes, and then two Irishman nominations for Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, and then you have Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think the most interesting kind of pick in this category is the fact that Tom Hanks is a supporting actor which I thought he was going to be the lead in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood as Mr. Rogers, but he turned out to be the supporting actor in that. Oh, man, I loved every single time he was on screen in that movie, though. I wish he would have been on screen more, but I think to tell that story in that way, you kind of needed him to take kind of the second um, supporting actor role in that. I don't think he'll win here. I don't think the Irishman wins here. I think they're going to be shut out. Like I think that movie's getting a little too high a praise than it deserves, although Al Pacino was probably the best in that over Joe Pesci. Um, and then Anthony Hopkins into Two Popes. I think here, you got to give it to Brad Pitt. Not only has he hasn't won an Oscar as an actor, I just think his performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was what made that movie. Like, I liked him over Leonardo DiCaprio in that, and I would just like to see him win for that role. So, my pick for Best Supporting Actor goes to Brad Pitt. On to lead actress now, you got Cynthia Erivo in Harriet, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story, Sosha Ronan, Little Women, Charlize Theron, Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger in Judy. Man, those are a bunch of hard names to pronounce. Hope I got all those right. Um, But here again, I loved Marriage Story. Like, that movie's on Netflix if you haven't seen it. But Scarlett Johansson has a scene in that that just had me floored. And it reminds you why she, like, is an actress. Like, there's people who are like, okay, they're actors and they do a great job of what they do. But when you see Scarlett Johansson in that movie, you're like, oh, that's why she's an actress. Like, that are just straight-up acting chops unlike anybody. I like Charlize Theron in Bombshell. I just don't think overall that was that strong of a movie. Like, I wanted to like it a little bit more, but I just don't think that movie was properly executed. I also think it was kind of just too soon to make that movie. I think you give it a little more time to develop that story altogether and make it, like, work a little bit better. Um, So I don't think she'll win here. I just think Scarlett Johansson is pound for pound the strongest actress out of everybody in this category. Um, a really just moving role about just a really everyday kind of thing that people go through. So I think she walks away with this win. Scarlett Johansson as lead actress. On to lead actor, we have Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. Ooh, a pretty stacked list here. I think right away you kind of want to go Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I just don't think he was the strongest thing in that movie. Adam Driver in A Marriage Story, I think he is kind of outshined by Scarlett Johansson in that movie. Oof. And I know it might be the safe bet here just because it has like the most nominations out of any movie, but I think you got to give it to Joaquin Phoenix. He just has, like I said earlier, all those nominations and no wins, and his performance in this was just so moving and great no one's had a solo joker movie like this well um Heath Ledger won for best supporting actor he wasn't the main character in that movie I think putting Joaquin Phoenix in this and really showing his acting chops of how he can take this role and carry it through an entire movie and I think Joaquin Phoenix totally nailed it in this his performance was just unlike anybody else in this category of not only did it get people talking it got people into the theater to watch this movie But once he was actually there, 
he delivered. It was just amazing to see. I don't think anybody's done the Joker as good as him. So I think he wins here for Best Actor. Joaquin Phoenix walks away with the Academy Award, his first ever. I just think he has it all. Not only does he have the critics behind him, but I think people just as general moviegoers would support that as well. So I think this is teed up for Joaquin Phoenix to win his first Academy Award. Give it to Joker. Please. All right, and now let's get to the big daddy of them all. Who will win for best picture? So there are nine total, which is a lot in this category. So I'm going to kind of break them down into each, like, three little groups. What I think has no chance of winning, what I think has an outside shot, and then my top three, which I will narrow down to who I think will win the whole thing. So in that first category of who will not win, no chance of winning, I would say is Ford v. Ferrari, Little Women, and Jojo Rabbit, which I actually also saw Jojo Rabbit, um, which is a good movie, a novel approach to this story about this kid who is a, a Nazi, and he finds out his mom is hiding a Jewish girl in their attic. I think overall, a great movie, like maybe like a 3.5 out of 5 rabbits. Just nothing captivating enough to make it best picture, but I see since it's such a like a novel approach and a novel like topic, the way they kind of tied in like Hitler into the movie without it being a super serious movie is probably why it's up here. Little Women, I don't think cuts through enough, and Ford v. Ferrari, I don't think cuts through enough. So I'm just gonna eliminate all those three out of this category. Then in my next category, I have three that have an outside shot. So I put in The Irishman, Marriage Story, and Joker. Which pretty much anything Martin Scorsese does is going to get nominated. This one was a big, epic, three and a half hours long. You also have Marriage Story, which is another one from Netflix. And then Joker, which I think was the best movie of last year. But I think getting into what the Academy votes for, they don't really go for that kind of vote. So while I think that has an outside chance, I don't think it'll win for Best Picture. I think more likely what will happen is, like I said, Joaquin Phoenix winning for Best Actor. So... These three movies, would I would really be surprised if they they won, just because I don't think they're as strong as what I have in my top three. So what's left in my top three are 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And up till about last week, I was all for sure that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was going to win right out. I saw 1917 and Parasite since, which I can see why 1917 won the Golden Globe. A really well-done movie, but again, not a novel plot line. War movies have been done before. They've won before. I don't think it'll win this year. Parasite. After seeing that, I was like, oh my gosh, this movie really has a chance to win. First of all, because it is a foreign film, it has to be undeniably good to even be nominated. For a, like a, a movie from South Korea to make it here, that just means that it cuts through so hard that putting it in this category really gives it a chance. And I think the Academy sometimes leads towards giving this type of movie the win. And I could see waking up on Monday morning and just having all these tweets being like, I've never heard of Parasite. I've never seen Parasite. How could that have won last night? I could see that happening. But I'm still holding true that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will win for Best Picture because I think it has it all. You have the A-list cast with Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie. You have the A-list director, Quentin Tarantino. It's been critically acclaimed. It was also just Quentin Tarantino's best performing movie at the box office to date. And it's a movie about Hollywood. And Hollywood likes to have movies win about Hollywood. So... I think without a doubt, still, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wins for Best Picture. I would not be surprised if Parasite came in there with a sleeper pick, but I just don't think it has the clout behind it to really take it into that role. So I'm sticking with my pick. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will win for Best Picture. All right. And that's the episode for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Got to give my Instagram shout out this week to Shelby Gildehaas. 
I think I said that right. Shelby Gildehaas, who said she listened to the episode with Morgan too, and has now been inspired to watch all the Marvel movies starting from the very first one. So that's awesome. Thanks for listening to that episode. If you missed that last week, go back and check that out because we literally cover every single Marvel movie in that. And again, just wherever you're listening to right now, just make sure you hit that subscribe, hit that follow button so you get brand new episodes every single Monday. If you're on Apple Podcasts, um, you just scroll down a little bit and you can leave a rating and review. Hit that five stars, write a quick little review just because it helps kind of bump me up in the category and helps other people discover the podcast too. And if you want an Instagram shout out, all you have to do is follow me on Instagram at Mike Distro and um, post a screenshot of you listening to the episode this week and I'll repost some of those as many as I can and then also give you a shout out in next week's episode. Also watch out on my Instagram because I'm going to be doing this cool kind of follow along thing for the Oscars since they are coming up on February 9th. I'll have like this little ballot you can fill out, um, pick all of your picks and see where you fall against mine and we'll kind of do a little contest, see who can get the most wins. I'm working on uh, finding a prize for that right now. So your chance to win something and follow along and see if you can beat me. Get those bragging rights too. But I will talk to you again next week. Here, This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.